Now, we'll start this broadcast by referencing what we covered in the last broadcast. Um, we talked about what happened when the sixth seal was opened, how darkness descended upon the earth and there was an absence of the light of Scripture. But to the people of God, a kingdom was being revealed in greater clarity. The darkness of the earth brings with it hopelessness and this hopelessness touches every rank of humanity, the rich, the powerful, the poor and everything in between those those categories, so much so that they are bereft of power and authority and options. And as Jesus said, they ask to be buried alive, that the rocks, the caves should uh, rocks should fall on them, the caves should collapse on them. It's a sign, these are things that symbolize such a time of chaos when nothing works, when the best laid plans of men produce no result. But for the people of God who are not in that darkness but are described as children of the light, the kingdom is ever advancing to them. More of what God promised is now being revealed and God is in a sense shaking the heavens which is a reference to in a sense leaving nothing in the heavens. If if you like, He's squeezing out of the heavens all that remained in the heavens that, were, that was designed to come onto the earth. Symbols, types, shadows that have been prophesied before, uh, but the, 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 the antecedents, the things that these things represent, shadows and types on the earth, these things in their reality are now coming out of heaven into the earth. And the main thing that comes out of heaven into the earth in this period of time relate to the greatest endowments of the kingdom of heaven functionally operative on the earth. I've heard people say that anybody who thinks that you can hear God or speak for God, or you can be mature, that you are foolish, that you are full of hubris. In fact, this very morning, uh, and and today is uh, August the 21st, 2020, this very morning I was reading in the news about a, a Presbyterian minister who was writing to condemn 
evangelicals for claiming an exclusive representation of what God is saying. And his attack upon evangelicals was that nobody can actually hear God and no one can speak for God. And you know, he said it in the very, uh, as you would expect, in the very um, erudite way that Presbyterians sometimes say things. What occurred to me was the very people, he was as backward about the understanding of the things of God as the people he was, he was commenting on were backward in the error of their perspective claiming to represent God. One was no better than the other because they've all subscribed to a gospel of going to heaven when you die. They do not and have not subscribed to a gospel of representation, that we are in the corporate Son, we are assembled by the Spirit as parts of the corporate Son, identified as the body of Christ, our spirits assembled to His Spirit. He being the container of all of our spirits, the sons of God, and He is presenting in Himself to God the crop that God sowed on the earth when He intended and said that a man would be made in His his image and likeness. This whole matter has been co-opted by something that is far less than the gospel. There's a measure of truth to it, but used in the way that that measure of truth is used, it produces a falsehood. No, the goal is not to go to heaven when we die. We're not saved in that way. Yes, we do get to go to heaven when we die. And yes, salvation includes, in part, going to heaven when we die. These things are true in that sense. But if that's all that we see as true, and we advocate that as the truth, then we miss it. And missing the mark is what sin is. The lie of believing that going to heaven is the goal and the description of salvation is what prevents us in good measure from understanding what the book of Revelation and the prophetic scriptures speak about. We were put here to carry the presence of God. We are put on the earth to carry the presence of God. We cannot carry the presence of God until we are born again of His Spirit. Once we do, His indwelling Spirit activates our spirits and we are moving in the right direction. But we must become mature in order for us to accurately 
put the nature of God on display in our persons. Children cannot do that. A child is a slave to the emotions of his soul because a child is immature. So the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthians says in 1 Corinthians, When I came to you, I chose not to say anything except the most basic elements of our faith, which is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And he gave this as his explanation. He said, You are still carnal, you are still immature. By now you ought to have been teachers, but you are still on milk. You cannot handle the spirit of wisdom and revelation which reveals the hidden mysteries of God. He says, we have a message of wisdom among the mature. Ephesians, uh, uh, the fourth chapter, picks up on this very theme and says that apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are given for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all reach the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, measured by the fullness of the stature that belongs to Christ. As recently talking to someone who knew me from the past and knew many of the people I was associated with in the past. And he recently reconnected with me and he told me that one of the things that, one of the reasons he was hesitant to reconnect with me was that he was among certain ones who knew me from the past and they kept saying that I had gone off the deep end, that I had gone crazy because I was teaching that you can hear God and you can be mature. Now, you have to understand I did not, I did not consider that fulfillment of the scripture that says, blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. I don't consider that being reviled at all. I don't consider that being persecuted. I don't even consider it a matter of them saying evil against me. Instead I see it as worthy of the prayer that says, Father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. They're glorying in their immaturity, glorying in their backwardness, thinking that somehow it is humility to say that, well, you know, we're just sinners saved by grace and we're hoping God lets us into heaven when we die. How pathetic is that gospel? How absolutely uh, representational of a departure from what God always intended. No, this is the folly of being deceived. The purpose was always that God would reap a harvest of mature saints from the earth. 
who represent in the corporate expression the fullness of the stature that belongs to Christ. And if you're not part of that, then there's work to be finished in the millennium, but you can be part of that in this world at this time. But at the minimum, you have to repent of the mindset that was expressed by this Presbyterian preacher in, this, uh, in the article he wrote that was carried on CNN on August 21st, 2020, in which he argues that you know God by studying the Word, and there are limits to what you can know, and you surely can't speak for God, and you can't ever really assert that you know God. When the Scriptures say, let everyone, anyone who boasts, boast that he knows the Lord. Anyway, but this is the blindness that is in the earth. Now when you turn to the book of Revelation, the seventh chapter, which speaks of uh, right after where the darkness comes and men are hopeless and, and uh, despairing to the point of death because the sun is not giving its light, the moon is, co- is covered as it were with blood and mighty stars are falling, which as I explained previously, the sun was given a symbol of light for the daytime, the moon symbol for light in the nighttime, both of which represent the ability to walk in the light of revelation so that you don't walk in darkness according to uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. Sons of the light, sons of the day, not of the darkness, not drunks and the like. And the stars, the, the exalted ones, falling as they are, because they elevated themselves to the ceilings. And God never did and does not support their their standing or their status. In fact, their best hope is that they can actually see the folly of having exalted themselves this way when God didn't do it. It was they themselves who did it, and the people that they could get to believe in their own nonsense that did it. As they fall, the opportunity is for them to be refined. The Scriptures say in the last days, many will fall and be refined. When you fall from those self-appointed places where you pretended it was God who raised you up, when you fall, allow yourself to be refined, refined in your thinking. Don't put yourself back into those places because God didn't put you there in the first place. I do not believe that any who falls at this point will be restored by God to those prior places. And if they put themselves back in those places, they'll fall again and this time they will not recover. Now, I want to move on. I said all those things to lead up to what I want to unpack in two sessions, what remains of this session and the next one. And that's what goes on in verse 1 of chapter 7 of the book of Revelation. 
after these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth. So at the time when the, seventh, when the sixth seal is broken, first set of things happen, men walking in darkness and, and hopelessness and the like. And after those things, he also saw these things uh, and they're covered by the seventh seal. So he saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth and the sea or on any tree. Now they're holding them back because these are angels set, these are, these are, these typify that which when released scatters judgment upon the earth because God is not done bringing in the full number of the fellow servants and brethren and He's not done establishing them beyond the ability of anything coming in the future from harming them. He is putting this, as it were, this bubble around them. I'm telling you these things because I don't want you to be afraid. These things are said to keep you from being afraid because these terrible things will come upon the earth but you have nothing to be alarmed or worried about. See that you are not alarmed, Jesus says, because these things must be. But in in this reading, in this narrative, both in in the previous chapter under the fifth seal and now under the sixth seal, you're seeing the intention of God to preserve the harvest of the earth that comes from the seed who is Christ. And that harvest is of course the corporate man, the body of Christ, the many-membered form, the sons of God. All right? So another angel, after the four angels then holding back the four winds so they shouldn't blow on the earth, they shouldn't blow on the sea, they shouldn't blow on any tree. I'm going to skip through the meaning of that though I'll come back to it later on. Winds blowing uh, are a sign of turmoil and trouble coming upon everything on the earth, everything on the sea and so on. But I'll come back to that. Verse 2, Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, Interesting, ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. The word seal there is like a, um, a, uh, a signet, uh, the sign, the, 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 the symbol of the very authority of the throne of God. So whatever he does with this seal, this sent one, this angelos, angelos, has the authority of the living God to do this thing. What is it that he is about to do? He cried with a loud voice 
to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, which is what I said, distress by when the winds, when they release the winds. He said to them, do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. He did not want them to harm the servants of God and that's the word, unsurprisingly, doulos. The full number of their fellow servants and brethren, the doulos. Sun doulos is fellow servants, doulos is servants. So God's gathering out of the earth that final remnant to be joined with that portion that was already in heaven, whose prayers ascend and are immediately answered by God because they did not hold anything back that constituted their life on the earth from the service of the Lord. So he says, to do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees till. So the command is for the benefit of those who are the doulos of God. You see this point? It means that you don't have anything to worry about because the one with the authority of God instructs the other servants, the other um, angels in this vision of the revelation, tells them you can't do anything that will adversely affect the crop that God has raised from the earth, the sons of God. Hold off till we're done sealing them in their foreheads because they're they're being granted and given immunity for all that is to come. Note, it's not just those who receive the mark of the beast that has a mark on their foreheads, it's the sons of God, the servants of God, they too have the seal on their forehead and the seal is a name and it's the name Father, it's the name Father. I have given them your name, Father. Jesus said in Matthew, uh, excuse me, in, uh, in John 17. Now clearly this isn't about vis- visible things so much as it is symbolic references. A name on the forehead was typically that of a bond servant. A bond servant received a mark on his forehead uh, and, and, and had a nail, the hole of a nail driven to, through his ear. They were identified by the name of the father of the house, 
and that that's a human and physical and historic reference that symbolizes something else. It symbolizes that their mindsets, that which is behind the forehead, the mind, the mindset has been changed. They're now re-tooled to a heavenly mindset. Their souls have been brought back under the rule of their spirits, they're not governed by the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, these things that constitute all that are in the world which is passing away, they've been renewed, their minds have been renewed according to the understanding of the Kingdom of God and of Christ. And so the angel is instructed not to, the angel instructs the other four, don't do anything to the earth that will adversely affect the saints until I grant them the immunity by stamping them in the forehead, which is to say to establish them in the authority of and identifying them as such as the select of the whole earth. Now let's read on. And I heard the number of those who were sealed. 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Now, this is where the Jehovah's Witness get their doctrine of the 144,000. And for, I think they're the Jonadabs, according to their doctrine. Um, by the way, I don't, I don't know any Jehovah's Witness who was of any of the twelve tribes of Israel, but they have a way around that, I'm sure. But we will unpack what this 144,000 is. It should immediately strike you that this is the number 12 times 12. What is 12? Government. The 24 elders in heaven, and it's 12 times 12, uh, 12 plus 12, or 24, which means the kingdom rules in heaven and on earth. So 144,000 representing 12 times 12, 12,000 of the tribe of Judah were sealed, of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 were sealed, of the tribe of Gad, 12,000 were sealed, of the tribe of Asher, 12,000 were sealed, of the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 were sealed, of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 were sealed, of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 were sealed, of the tribe of Levi, 12,000 were sealed, of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 were sealed, of the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 were sealed, of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 were sealed, and of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. You will notice here that there is no reference to Ephraim, 
And that's the key to the understanding of these 144,000. But I'll have to wait till the next time to unpack it for you. I hope you will join me when we do. Thanks. I'm Sam Solon. We'll talk then. Bye-bye.